do you want to have more control over your life, right? Really live a life by design. Guys, this is a powerful episode today. I'm super excited for you to listen. I'm having an amazing conversation about how to really overcome some of the fears, some of the thoughts of unworthiness that we have, tactical tips to learn how to say no to things that aren't serving us well so that we have more time to say yes to ourselves, right? Learning how to unblock some of the limiting beliefs that we have that really hold us back from, from our true potential and achieving success in this industry. And also we're going to touch upon the number one habit that everybody should be working on in order to have more control, have more positive thoughts about what we do. Really, really excited. I hope that you enjoy this episode, share it with anyone who needs it, and let's just delve right in and listen to my discussion with Bridget Sobas. Welcome to the Salon Scoop, a podcast by Salon SOS. I'm your host, Scott Moon, the founder of Salon SOS, and I'm obsessed with helping salon professionals live their best life. In this show, we shop talk all things salon to bring you real life stories, debates, entertainment, and inspiration to help you find happiness and success in this beautiful industry. If you work in the salon industry in any capacity, this podcast is open to you. So set down your scissors or rinse out that toner and let's get into it. everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Salon Scoop podcast. I am super excited about today's episode. It's one of my favorite topics where we're going to try to unlock what goes on in those six inches between our heads that sometimes holds us back in the salon industry. I've got an amazing, amazing guest with us today uh, who really specializes in a lot of the power of mindset and sort of flipping that script internally to help us really unlock a lot of our potential. So this particular person um, has been not only a salon owner, but of a top 200 salon in the US for over 13 years, has now been a certified coach for over 10 years with international certifications, runs a power and joy mentorship program. Uh, lots of things that we're going to delve into today. Uh, just want to say a big welcome to Bridget Sobas for being with us today, Bridget. Uh, it's so great to be here with you, Scott. Yeah, I'm uh, really excited to sort of delve into a little bit more about your your experiences and sort of what you've been doing to really, you know, help salon professionals and uh, and really bring some value to our listeners today. But one thing that we always do at the start of every episode with each of our guests is to ask one of our SOS signature questions. So uh, having been a former, uh, you know, hairstylist, hair colorist yourself, bring yourself back into those days. And if you could do any celebrity's hair, who would it be and why? You know, I, I, when I did, when I was doing color, I specialized in blondes. So that was like my, my, my thing. And yep. uh, I probably would say Gwen Stefani. <laughs> uh, she's blonde. She's an amazing artist. I love her music. I love her style. 
And uh, yeah, she just seems like if I were to meet her, she'd be a really cool person. So I think that's who I would pick. Nice. Yeah, she seems to have a lot of like spunk and energy uh, and would probably, you know, be open to letting you do kind of a lot of a lot of creative flexibility with her hair, I would I would think. Yeah. Yeah. And I loved blondes. Yeah. Like I was a blonde specialist for sure. Nice. Nice. Very cool. All right. Well, we want to get a little bit of the, the scoop on your journey uh, and really delve into some topics that we can kind of bounce around on uh, when it comes to mindset and industry. Can you maybe share with our audience how you got into the industry in the first place? And maybe let's a quick overview of your career, I guess. Um, how I got like in projection. the yeah, how you got from A, to, yeah. from A to Z, you know? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. So I'll give the quickest short version possible. But, um, you know, when I was in... I don't even think I was 21 yet. I did start going to college and I actually dropped out of college. I told my parents I wanted to go to beauty school. So I dropped out of my classes and literally enrolled in cosmetology school. Like I think like a week or two later. Um, and that was actually one of the best decisions I have made in my life. And then I, remember what the trigger, what the trigger was for you to, to go into cosmetology school honestly, I was floundering around not knowing what I wanted to do with my life. Fair enough. <laughs> One minute I wanted to be uh, in the travel industry. The next minute I wanted to work with kids and I was working in a real retail store. I just, I really did not know what I wanted to do with my life. And then all of a sudden it was just like, I think I want to go. It was one of the, it was the best decision I ever made, which led me to where I am now. But I fell and I absolutely fell in love with hair color. Um, so I became a, a hair color specialist um, that I worked for many different types of businesses. I worked for very corporate businesses to things that were in between to very dysfunctional salons. And the last salon that I was working in um, was extremely dysfunctional. And I thought to myself, if this guy can own a salon, there's no reason why I can't. And I'm sure there's many of you out there that think the same thing. And I was actually making a six-figure paycheck um, behind the chair. And then I had the opportunity to buy his salon. And then guess who became the dysfunctional mess? Me. Let me take three guesses and all, <laughs> all three fingers are pointing at you. Yeah. Yeah. So now I... I I become the dysfunctional mess, owning a dysfunctional mess, and I lose my six-figure paycheck because I have no idea how to run the salon at all, and I was super highly emotional. I couldn't even have a team meeting without, like, starting to cry or, like, shake. So it was, it was, it was really, it was a big wake up call, um, doing hair behind the chair and running a hair salon and being an owner and having employees is like, it's like apples to oranges. So it's not, not easy for sure. And then, um, I hired a coaching consultant pretty much straight away. Somebody had introduced me to a company and that, that was the catalyst to actually where I'm at now. Um, I started um, turning, um, uh, putting systems in place in my business, uh, anywhere from like job descriptions to handbooks. I learned what a profit and loss statement was. I had no idea what that was. I didn't even know what a really a budget was. And yeah. then I really learned how to um, grow and manage a team. So I started turning the business around. I got my paycheck back. 
I could lead a team meeting without crying, which was pretty cool. And then, um, yeah, I became a salon today, top 200 winner for 13 years in a row while I owned the salon. Um, I owned it for almost 15 years. And then um, I decided to, in 2019, put it on the market and um, I sold the salon uh, because I had become a coaching consultant um, and I was specializing in the salon and spa industry. And I really just wanted to take my career and do uh, more coaching and consulting. So that led me to now owning um, the Power and Joy Coaching Academy, where I certify people to become coaches. And I also do one-on-one coaching and consulting work. Yeah. So maybe let's just, let's delve into that quickly and kind of quick overview. So Power and Joy um, Performance or Power and Joy Coaching Academy, can you share exactly what this is and sort of how you how you help uh, people from a coaching standpoint? Yeah. So I love mindset work. So when I have so been going to, <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, for over a decade going to hair shows and I would get up in front of, um, you know, hundreds of people. And I would always ask the question, like, how many of you want to make more money? And they're all raising their hand, right? They're all raising their hand. And then I'm like, Okay, so what's getting in the way of you making more money? And asking this to thousands, thousands of service providers and owners, they would say things like fear. Okay, so fear of what? Fear of my clients leaving me, fear of being judged, fear that I'm not good enough. And they also had like the I'm not good enough story. Like, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I don't know how. And then like when even asking for referrals, a lot of um, service providers were afraid that they were going to look needy. So this whole mindset thing would get actually get in the way of people making um, more money. And a lot of times um, why I really started specializing in doing mindset work was I found as a consultant specializing in the salon spa industry, I would also, I'd be like, here you go. Like, here's a consultation system. Here's all these things. Like you just do what I say and you will make more money and their mindset would still get in their way. Right. Um, So one of the modalities that I um, specialize in and I certify, I do it one-on-one coaching. And then I also train and certify um, people in this work is NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming, um, timeline therapy, and then also hypnosis. So I found that really working with your unconscious mind is like, that is like the keys of the kingdom to let all that, like the negative emotions go like fear or guilt or the limiting beliefs. Like I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. They're going to leave me. Those those things, working with the unconscious mind, have been like an ins- insanely amazing catalyst to not only me having my own breakthrough, but the clients that I work with. And um, I've been certifying a lot of salon owners in the work as well. Amazing. One thing that I am not going to allow you to do, Bridget, is to hypnotize me on the episode here today. So uh, I'm going to be very, uh, very cautious. It's funny, just this past weekend, I was talking with an old uh, colleague friend uh, about a, a work event that we were at many years ago where uh-huh. we had a, we had a, hip, a hypnotist come and 
do some some crazy stuff with some of our uh, some of our colleagues uh, and the the power really that that exists there. Um, so very uh, very fascinating. I want to understand also a little bit because you were a long time you know colorist and salon owner and um, mm. you know what was the motivation for you to really make that full time shift to become you know hundred uh, percent coach trainer um, and really sort of like yeah why why did you make that that change I think it was just it was an evolution of my career um I if someone were if I were to go back in time I mean I'm talking 25 years ago now so I might age myself a little bit um, if I were to go back 25 years ago and someone would have said to me while I was a you know hair colorist oh, one day you're going to be a coach and you're going to certify people to become coaches. I would have been like, oh, and you're going to do hypnosis. I would have been like, you're, I, that sounds crazy. Like that sounds so crazy to me. But I just think like over the, you know, the evolution of the years, like um, even when I was a colorist, I loved educating. Like I had this dream that I was actually going to be an educator for, a major hair color company of a hair color line that I loved. That was one of my first dreams. And then even then, if someone was like, oh, you're going to own a hair salon one day, I would have been like, I, that sounds, that even sounds far-fetched. So it was just kind of like over the years, I wanted to be an educator. Then I was an educator in a salon. And then I became a head of the color department, another one. So that started giving me a taste of what it was like to manage people. Um, even though I wasn't the best manager back then. <laughs> like at the time it was like, you want to be a manager? Here you go. And I was like, I was, there was no training behind it. You know? Yeah. You're just, you're just throwing the keys and it's like, um, okay. Um, exactly. Not, not given the, the tools or the support to make it happen. And that's often, that's often what happens, you know, in the hair salon ownership world. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, person makes the decision to either start their own salon or, you know, buys someone else's salon because they think, you know, I can do a better job. Like you said, like, if he can do it, I think I could do it. Yeah. And then you've got the keys to this place, but none of the training to actually do it effectively. Right. So yeah. uh, definitely one, uh, one key challenge. What do you see as you, you talked about being on, on the stage of the show and asking people, you know, multiple times, like what's, how would they want to, you know, earn money, more money, raise hands and, you know, what's holding them back. What do you see as like the biggest challenge uh, in our industry that seems to be holding salon professionals back from achieving success? If you had to narrow it down to, to one biggest challenge. Fear. It's Just really fear. fear. It's fear. And I, and it's, yeah, it's like the fear, fear, and then the guilt. Uh, and the, yeah, the, like, I'm not worthy mindset. It is like, it amazes me. Even when I meet very successful owners, there's still like this lingering thing that goes in the back of their mind. But, um, and I think a lot of salon professionals, um, they're not owning their own power with the, our profession. You know, there's so this profession, I mean, I think this is like one of the coolest industries to work for, you know, you, there's so much opportunity there. 
and you can take your, your career in so many different directions. And I, I, I think people get blinders on and they don't see how much opportunity that there really is. So I think it, a lot of it is, is fear and not, not knowing where to go and like playing a bigger game. Yeah. And for whatever reason, our mind tends to go always towards the, the, what if, you know, sort of negative scenarios, like, well, what if I fail? What if my client leaves me? What if my staff is not happy? What if, you know, this goes wrong? And, you know, these are just stories that our mind is kind of like making up in our head. I always like to flip it and say, okay, great. You can say, what if my client leaves me? But what about, what if my client stays? Like they're, they're two equally, um, you know, relevant arguments. And it's about training your brain to be looking at the, the positive scenario as opposed to the negative scenario. And the more that we can kind of put that into our, our thinking, you know, what if my client stays and refers me another client? Like, yes. Why am I not considering that scenario? Why am I focusing on the, well, what if my client leaves and da, 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 da. We don't know what's going to happen. Um, you know, so we can kind of create our own, our own stories and our own belief system, mm-hmm. I think is a big, uh, a big thing that um, is part of that training, right? We'll, we'll delve into this a little bit, a little bit deeper. One thing though, that I also want to touch upon, we talked about, you know, success and successful salon owners or successful service providers, salon professionals, and, you know, what holds them back from achieving success. Oftentimes I feel like people don't necessarily know what success really is right or it might be different for many for many people so how would you define what success you know would look like for a service provider or a salon owner uh, today yeah that's such a great question because it is so individual um but i personally for me i i think success is like truly creating your your life and your career by design like you are you're happy doing what you love you are living the lifestyle that you want to have. You, uh, you're always, you have a growth mentality. You know, you're looking to always constantly be learning. Um, gosh, that is such a success is so different to so many people, but I really think it's ultimately having a life you love and truly living a life by design. Hashtag yeah, life I, by design. <laughs> I love that. And, and nothing that you mentioned you know, spoke to money. And I find that people way too often relate success to some kind of financial target. And that if they haven't, you know, achieved that financial target, they don't feel that they are successful. They don't feel like they are, um, you know, uh, achieving or whatnot. When at the end of it, you know, what you said, living your life by design, living the way you want, having that sort of freedom and flexibility and joy in, in what you, not just what you do every day, like professionally, but I also bring it to life. Like, you know, are you, are you just, are you happy in, in life with your, your family, uh, you know, your, your friends, relationships to me, that's, you know, what, what success is. And, and to your point, having a life that you live by design where you have the, the flexibility, the freedom to kind of enjoy all those wonderful things. And I think often we need to almost like reprogram what we're actually striving for um, because oftentimes it's right in front of us and we're, we're there, but we don't see it because we're kind of blinded by these, 
you know, these lures of, you know, financial targets and that, oh, if I'm not like a six figure, you know, a six figure stylist, then I'm not, you know, I'm not successful. And I hear all these, you know, stories and we're mm -hmm. maybe measuring ourselves of success versus the wrong measuring sticks, right? Yeah, like I've gone and I've gone and um, trained so many teams um, and service providers and I, I go in and I definitely train like systems and consultation systems on how to make more money. And I would, my thing, what I always say, I'm like, you know, you want to become a six figure earner. Yeah, that's just, that's great and all, who cares? But like, what's the, what's the reason behind it? Like, what is it going to allow you to do? Is it going to allow you to go on more vacations, spend more time with your family, take Saturdays off? I, you know, I don't know what that is. So I always, um, when I'm working with people, I'm like, get connected to your big why. Like, why do you want to make all this money? Money's great and all, believe me, we all want it, right? But like, what is it going to do for you? Because at the end of the day, it's just, it's, a, it's money's energy. And it's just, a, it's a vehicle and a tool to support you. Yep. Love it. So you're known a lot for your, your talk about the power of no to say yes to you. Yeah. Right. It's one of my uh, favorite. saying no in order to say yes to yourself. Now it's, it's easier said than done, obviously, but let's just, carry on with what you're talking about and start with the why, like, why is it important to say no more often to others and yes to your, to yourself? Yeah. What's the, where's the why? I, um, I find, and this is me, I was a huge people pleaser. I'm a recovered people pleaser. <laughs> and, um, I would say, yes, I was a yes man. And also like Pollyanna pleaser, that would be another like uh, Wonder Woman stunt double and Pollyanna Please were probably my like nickname. So Wonder Woman stunt double was like I was doing everything for everyone and getting the crap kicked out of me. And then um, I just really I had a really hard time disappointing other people. So I would just say yes all the time to every single one. So I was essentially saying no to myself. So what I love is like, you really start looking at when people are making requests of you that you're saying no to the things that don't serve you. Okay. So it's no to the things that don't serve you and then say yes to the things that do serve you. Um, so that's, that's kind of my spin on it. And, um, but so many times it's, we're just, we're just, yes, we're just yes mans to everybody. And people make requests of us and clients make requests of us, or then we start feeling bad and we're either fitting them in when we don't have time to fit them in because we don't want to say no, because we don't want them to leave us. So then we're spinning our wheels, making everyone else happy, but then we could be suffering in the inside. No, I hear you. Let's let's try to dig in a little more specific for for people. Like, what are some of the more common things that that don't serve us that we should be saying no to, uh, but we maybe we struggle with today? Um, I'm gonna probably say one of them that I've coached lots of people on is actually sticking to their schedule. First and foremost, sticking to your schedule. Like, if you work nine to five Monday through Friday. And before you know it, 
you know, someone's like, oh, well, can you just come in and stay till seven? And you find yourself saying yes. I, I've seriously have coached service providers, stylists that were like working till one o'clock in the morning, exhausted. Oh. It's, it's a real thing. So I would say, you know, honoring your schedule, your time. Um, that's one thing that I definitely see that happens in this, in our industry a lot. So saying no, when you can't fit somebody else in. Yeah. Makes sense. So we talked about the why let's talk about the how, like how, how do we go about doing that? Right. Like, how do we just, I mean, it's easy to say, oh, we just say no. Um, but you know, there's, sure. the, there's the pressure, there's the guilt, uh, you know, that you feel like I don't want to, you know, my boss to fire me, uh, you know, if I don't, or I don't want my client to, you know, lose my client if I don't, you know, adjust to their schedule or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. How do we kind of make the strides toward this, towards this? Do you have any, any tips to share? Um, yeah. Obviously we're coming down to mindset again. Yeah, I mean, definitely like start like laying healthy boundaries down. You know, one practice could be that you wait to give somebody an answer, like you give yourself 24 hours. That could be even yeah. a first stepping stone. So you so don't get pressured I will get in, back in the moment. To you. Yeah, so you don't feel pressured in the moment. Like nice. that because sometimes we have to we have to retrain people how to treat us. Okay. I'm gonna say that one more time. We have to retrain people how to treat us. So I'll even give an example. I used to have like, like when someone would text me and I'm talking about employees too, when I had employees, when someone would text me, I'm not kidding you. Like it was just a habit of mine to respond to them right away. Okay. So then now they got used to me texting back right away. And I literally would have to start having team meetings and go, listen, if you make a request of me, I'll get back to you within 24 hours. Okay. If it's the weekend, it may not be, if it's Sunday, I may not get back to you till Monday. Like if it's the middle of the night, I'm not texting you back because that's happened. That happened to me. Right. Um, Because what happens sometimes is like, some someone else's urgency they put it on us to have it become our urgency yep okay so again i had to personally retrain people like hey i'm i'm going to get back to you in 24 hours okay so that was my rule and then like at, at first of course it was like why aren't you i know you're by your phone i know that well who cares i don't care if i'm by my phone or not i'm sticking to my rules and then when you when you put your boundary down you have to stick with it So that could be one thing, putting in a 24 hours notice, you know, 24 hour like guideline. Yep. I say you absolutely have to pause. You have to pause. I love doing what's called um, box breathing. So it's like that, that could be a practice to help. Like you just, you literally breathe in for four, the count of four, you hold for the count of four, you release for the count of four, hold for the count of four and like do that four times. Just like. To just to so you can um, center and ground yourself because yep. so many times it's like so here's the thing we're gonna because I talked about the unconscious mind in the you know in the beginning so ninety five percent of our behaviors and actions happen at the unconscious level and we're not even aware of it so we have all these habits and behaviors that we do 
instantaneously because our unconscious mind is like triggering us to do it. So I just say you have to be more mindful and really just take a step back. So breathing, say, hey, I will get back to you in 24 hours. So we're retraining people how to treat us. Nice. Because if you if you don't, like you said, then our 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 mind, our actions are just going to automatically take over if we don't sort of stop to almost like retrain those habits ourselves, right? Because we we have these habits that we have built over time. And if some of them are not serving us well, then we need to recognize them and kind of break them and, and retrain them. So it's it's also retraining ourselves a little bit. I like the you know, retraining how others treat ourselves. That was a great line. We often say what you permit, you promote, Mm, right? So if, you know, if I allow somebody to, you know, email on the the weekend and I email back, essentially I am therefore promoting that it's okay to email on the weekend and you're going to get a response, right? Exactly like you described. I had to go through that myself many years back where I was for a while, you know, I was receiving emails, whether from, you know, my boss at the time or, or, you know, other colleagues or departments would, you know, send emails on the weekend and I would, you know, check and I would end up getting back to people. And after a certain amount of time, I was like, why I'm like glued to my phone, you know, checking emails all weekend. I'm I'm just going to stop. And I had to retrain them. So I, I didn't just, stop responding to emails, I actually proactively sent out a note to everybody. And I said, to respect myself, it's something that I have to do for me. I am no longer going to be checking, you know, my emails on the weekend. So I just want you to be aware that if something does come through on the weekend, you know, don't expect an answer because I won't be checking. But you know, come Monday, I'll get back into it and and get back to you. And so that was me retraining them in order to say yes to myself and make sure that I had the proper time on the, on the weekends, you know, to myself, to, to friends, family, uh, whatnot. So love Mm -hmm. that you uh, love that you speak about that um, because it's, it's just so critical uh, for us to recognize those things. And we have to take ownership over it ourselves. Nobody's going to step in and be our own, you know, uh, police for us. Right. I, we have no. to kind of be our own, our own police person um, and set our own, our own boundaries and then really, really stick to them. And I, I like your, your pausing uh, approach, uh, breathing to just kind of really make sure that we're grounded and, and make the right decisions for ourselves. Yeah. And another uh, tip that I like to um, share is focus on what you want. Okay. And again, sounds easier said than done. However, most of the time people are focused, like when I ask somebody, okay, so what do you want your career to look like? What do you want your business to look like? Or, and all of a sudden I'm starting to hear all the things that someone does not want. Okay. Right. Most people are focusing on the things that don't want, that they don't want. All right. Here's, here's a, a tip. Okay. The unconscious mind does not process a negative directly, all right? So if I say to you, do not think about your nose, do not think about a purple pig, do not think about a blue tree, did you think about any of those three things? Of course. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, the unconscious mind doesn't process the negative. So when we're focused on all the negative things, 
That's what the, that's what the unconscious mind thinks you want. So we start attracting all the things that we don't want in life. So again, I like to say, focus on what you want. That's the practice over here. You know, I, it's like, it's like, I can, you can use dating as an example. How many times have you met someone who's like, oh, I don't want to date this jerk. I don't want to date a whatever. And then all of a sudden they can keep dating that same type of person. Cause that's what you're attracting. So you got to right. focus on what you want. Yeah. I don't sound, I don't want someone who's selfish. I don't want someone who's this, uh, but to your point that ends up being what you focus on. Um, inherently that's brilliant. I love that. So always make sure that we're focusing on what we do want. You know, I want, whether it's a person, you know, person in the dating world, like I want somebody who is going to be, uh, you know, unconditionally loving uh, in the workplace. You know, I want, um, you know, I want to be working on this, what I want, what I want. And that's what you focus on. The more you focus your energy towards that, the more that you attract it into your life, right? So the power yeah. of attraction. Yeah. Yes. You You talk also a lot about limiting beliefs. Um, And and we've we've talked about fear, but what are some of the limiting beliefs that you see affecting salon professionals in our industry? So there was the, you know, I'm not worthy, but let's go a little bit deeper on uh, on that. Yeah, the big, the biggest ones are I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. It's like the most beautiful, like some of the most beautiful people in the whole wide world, right? Salon professionals. Spot professionals, but the self worth is a big challenge. But here's the and thing. So is that let's yeah, is that another thing where we're we're focusing on the negative versus the positive? Yeah. Is well, you know, and again, I could you know, I I could go. We could talk about this for days, Scott. I, you know what I mean? But like, I know. here's the thing. I would there's something to consider. Um, a lot of our pro, quote unquote programming and our beliefs and our values they were programmed in us from the ages of like zero to seven. Okay. We're like little, little, like, um, sponges, just like gathering up like the good, bad and the, uh, and the ugly. Right. So a lot of these, um, so when those negative thoughts come up, this is the biggest thing I think to consider for everybody is like, all there really is, is these probably like, um, inner, like inner childhood wounds that like, are ready to be healed. Okay. Cause these negative thoughts, they're just thoughts. There's, yes. they're not who you are. They're literally just thoughts. And I, the reason why I, I, I started specializing in this work that I do now and bringing it to the salon and spa industry was because even for myself, like before I started doing the work of NLP timeline therapy and hypnosis, my mind would always be on a hamster wheel of worry. Like my anxiety would be from like one to a hundred, it would be 150. Like I couldn't get my mind to quiet down. And then when I would have a breakthrough in an area, I'd be like, oh my gosh, I had a breakthrough. And then like something would trigger me. And then I would go, I would just be like almost right back there. Um, So there's just these these like limiting beliefs that are just in our unconscious mind that just all they just really need to do is be healed actually. And just know that your thoughts all always, they're not always like the truth, 
you know, like, again, what you said even earlier, like it's going to that, what if, like, well, what if my clients actually stay with me and then refer me more business? Like, let's think about the positive things. And then what I love too is, you know, breakdowns happen. It's life, but it's like, um, looking at like, okay, there's no failure. There's only feedback. So, okay. So what happened? What did I learn? And now what do I have to do differently so I can pivot and shift? I love it. And, you know, some of these things sometimes sound cliche and, you know, we hear them like, you know, there's no failure and, um, you know, it's always, it's learning. And, but you hear this from so many people and not just, you know, motivational speakers, you hear it from, you know, I hear from athletes all the time, right? I'm, you know, big into sports and they say, you know, I never would have been able to achieve, you know, the level of success or winning championships if we hadn't gone through, you know, the failures of learning, you know, of in the early years of, you know, losing uh, and you learn from those moments in terms of how to be, you know, better the next time around. And it's just, it's so critical that we can recognize these things that it's, it's okay. Yeah. Um, and it's part of growing. It's part of learning. And, yeah, really is. you know, what I see way too often is exactly what you were saying, you know, all these like negative stories that we tell ourselves in our head, they're just stories. They're just thoughts. They're not real. We could say that our mind is, you know, the biggest soap opera script writer of all time, because we create all these like crazy outlandish scenarios and we sort of play it out in our heads as if you know that's what's going to happen whereas 99.9 percent .9 of the time those things don't actually you know come to fruition mm -hmm. and as much as individuals you know if you're in the salon industry and you're a, a stylist a colorist esthetician think of how much time and energy you've put into practicing your um, your craft, right? To learn yes. how to be a, a colorist, to learn how to, you know, to cut, to style, to finish. Think of people who are, you know, learning an instrument, whether it be piano or guitar, how much time and energy they put into learning and practicing, yes. right? To, to become better at that. What I would challenge people to think about is that having the control of your thoughts and control of your mind is probably the most important skill that any of us could have in our life. Yet how much time and energy do people put in to actually practicing, right? Our, our mindset and sort of controlling our thoughts. It's actually a skill that can be learned and developed, but most people don't put the time into it. Um, instead, we, you know, practice all their extracurricular activities and hobbies and whatnot, which is fine, but we should not ignore potential to actually grow ourselves by practicing our mindset. Yeah, I love that you talked, talk, I mean, there's two, you know, like, again, yes, I love that you brought up that, you know, service providers, whether you're an esthetician or a colorist or a cutter, you do put all this education in all the tools that you you invest in, right? There's so much behind what you're charging and everything. And I actually had to coach somebody once. Um, she was an owner, she was a specialized in waxing. And her belief system at the time was like, she got her waxing down to like 15 minutes for Brazilian, right? That's amazing. Yeah. Right. But she was like, well, I feel, I feel bad charging more because it only takes me this much time. And I was like, are you kidding me? I will pay three times much 
three times more to someone that can do excellent work in 15 minutes versus taking an hour. Yeah. Like, I want to be in and out, please. I will pay triple to have you do it in less time. So charge more. <laughs> right. So yes, there's so much, there's so much, I mean, how much does co cosmetology school cost these days? Like $20,000, 20K? It's an investment. It's, and all, yeah, the, all the all the classes on top of it that you know the continuing education and and all the things so and one of the cool things about this industry is like robots are not most like i mean what could a robot cut somebody's hair maybe but like we're we're one of the few industries where we legally get to touch people you yeah. know and that human connection that's gonna. That's so vital. Like even with all the AI that they're talking about, and yes, that's a cool tool. But like people, that is one of the foundational things. People crave human connection. Yeah, and experience, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and those are all the things that we're that we're able to provide, and that I, I agree. Uh, you know, artificial intelligence cannot replace you know, so much of what we, of what we actually do in this, uh, in this beautiful industry. So um, we should definitely be able to stand the, uh, the test of time in that, uh, in that game. Anyway, this is fascinating. I mean, there's so much, like you said, with so many angles that we could go into, but um, I kind of have two, two questions left, but they really sort of wrap in sort of together. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to wrap them and we'll sort of close up our conversation with, uh, with this. And it's kind of, you know, what advice would you give to someone who is just starting their career in our industry? And another way to say it is sort of like, if you had a magic wand, like what would you change for people in the industry to allow them to, you know, live their best life and, and have a quote unquote successful, you know, career, whatever success, you know, means. So what advice would you give to someone um, just starting out? Absolutely find a mentor. Find and work under a mentor, whether you're going to find an awesome salon owner to work for so that they can mentor you. Um, and I know it's a like it's a very huge trend where people are going from beauty school right, right to um, suites and booth rental. Get a mentor, get a mentor, get a coach, get a consultant. Um, even in my career, 25 years later, I still have mentors and coaches. So one of the best pieces of advice I could say is get, get a mentor, have somebody support you. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, we, we can't just, you know, walk into this industry or any industry, right. Uh, and expect that, you know, coming out of school, we, we know everything and can kind of do it all on our own. Um, you know, it, it's really missing out on such a huge opportunity to, to learn from the experiences, you know, of others, uh, you know, to find somebody that's really going to take the time and energy to, to help guide us, um, you know, along, uh, you can, you can learn much more quickly, uh, learn from other people's mistakes, you know, yeah. uh, rather than only learning from your own mistakes along the way, which, you know, ends up being a lot longer. So what a great, uh, great message, um, Bridget, and great way to wrap up this conversation today. If people want to connect with you, um, you know, to get more information, uh, sort of about what you do, or to, to get some support, how can they? How can they connect and reach out to you? Um, I'll just go for. There's so many ways, but I'll just point everybody to I'm a coach, Bridget Sobis on Instagram. 
and we'll have the spelling we'll have the spelling yeah. of that in Coach the, uh, in the show notes. on instagram i that's probably one of the you can dm me there you know follow me um that is i absolutely look at my dms so that i'll just point to that one place right now amazing and you mentioned a uh, a little freebie that you had for uh, for listeners um maybe you can mention that uh, mention that here as well so that if anyone wants to pick that up they can uh, they can grab that yeah. Um, so it's the three biggest blocks to your salon and spas exponential growth. So it's my free guide that I created. They can just DM you on Instagram to, uh, to request that. Yep. Absolutely. And I'll send it straight away. Thank you so much uh, for being uh, with me today here, Bridget, having this conversation and really giving us the scoop on all the, the, the mindset, um, you know, sort of uh, issues that, that go on in our industry and some of the, the unblocks um, that exist. A lot of really great learnings, nuggets that came out of this discussion. Remember everybody, set your boundaries, say no to things that aren't serving you, say yes to yourself more, focus on the positives, right? Believe in what you uh, have. And as a listener, if you enjoyed this or you know somebody in the industry who's you know struggling with some of these things that we talked about today, you know, please share this episode, um, you know, with them. Let's, let's raise the awareness. Let's raise the attention to some of these important issues in our industry to help more people just have more joy in what they do. Really. I think that is going to uh, be the base. If you have a better, uh, better sense of, of control and being more proactively kind of taking you know, charge of your, of your, of your schedule, of your, of your life, both professionally and personally, it's going to bring so much more happiness and joy and allow everyone to live their best, best life. So um, thank you so much again, Bridget, for your time. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, any last, uh, last comments, Bridget, from you? I would just say, go live a life by design. This, this industry has so much opportunity. So just go, go after it and truly create a life by design. Love that. Take that message. Go have a great day, everyone. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Salon Scoop podcast. This show is produced by Salon SOS, a digital marketing agency by industry professionals for industry professionals. If you want simple and affordable solutions for any of your salon marketing needs, such as websites, client loyalty, Google search rankings, social media, or more, come visit us at salonsos.ca or on Instagram at salon.s.o.s. If you want to hear more great episodes like this and help us continue to bring the industry content, it would mean so much to us if you would support us in one of the following ways. Share this episode with just one other industry professional and either rate our show on Spotify or write us a quick review on Apple Music. We want to hear your feedback. If you have follow-up questions or ideas for future episodes, please reach out. DM us on Instagram at that salon.s.o.s or hit us up on our website at salonsos.ca. Again, thanks so much for listening. Now go get your hustle on, keep smiling, and we'll catch you on our next episode.